It's the Redirect Podcast. Search industry research, discussion, and analysis from the Black Truck Media and Marketing Headquarters. And now, redirecting you to the Black Truck Team. Welcome to episode 27 of the Redirect Podcast. It is Tuesday, January 2nd, 2018. I'm Jason Dodge, founder of Black Truck Media and Marketing. Welcome this week by entire crew, Ashley, Patrick, and Adrian from the Black Truck team. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Woo! Hey. All right. Don't sound so enthusiastic, Patrick. I'm excited. Wow. Way to go. Uh, all right. So um, I guess, you know, we're, we're past the holidays now. And uh, we're well into 2018, and Patrick is super enthusiastic about about the year here. So, which means I'm going to make you go first. Okay. But our goal here is we're going to share a bunch of kind of what was in 2017. Uh, maybe looking ahead this year as to some things to come. Whether there's I'm not going to say predictions, but changes to come. So, fire away. Sure. Yeah, I have a list of different things in here and different topics. Um, but I, don't, I might just cherry pick a couple off here because I imagine there's probably going to be some carryover between you guys, and I don't want to steal your conversation <clears throat> points unless I can just continue the conversation. Always. Um, the first one um, I want to discuss, I think, is going to be kind of a bold prediction. I think uh, voice search and digital assistants are going to fizzle out, and they're going to be looked past. Hmm. Hmm. I don't feel like they are impacting... Um, life the same way. I mean, it was a big deal when smartphones suddenly had browsers on them or you were able to do all the things you could do on a smartphone, but the digital assistant or the voice search isn't changing the way people operate fast enough in order for it to be as a big of an item. I mm-hmm. think uh, we first had Siri come on in, I don't know, was that five years ago now? And then it, everybody else kind of caught up and now Siri's kind of in last place. Yeah. And I just, I think everything else is going to come back that way. It's just not doing enough to alter the way people can behave hmm. in order to have the trends continue From, to be as strong. Would you, okay, so to take it a step further, because I don't agree, I don't agree, and that's fine. Um, I think you're right from the sense that it's gonna it's gonna plateau, but it's gonna plateau for maybe the right reasons, and that's it's you have to look at it from a commerce perspective, you know, other than uh, talking to uh, Alexa and syncing up right. with Amazon. I think that's the power play. Is it's right. it's based solely off of their platform, so it's the channel, it's the platform in which they play in to do reorders and subscriptions right. and things of that nature, or music and so lifestyle oriented. Items. Where is this? How do I find that? What is this? Versus um, maybe more intent-based search queries like you're used to dealing with right. in, in Google search. Yeah, I think that the limitations, like you said, that it's platform-based, a lot of it, and mm-hmm. there are limitations in where those plateaus are, I think, is where ultimately the breakdown will occur because there isn't a universal way to do it. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Hmm. Well, and people already fall into camps, right? Like... Mm-hmm. You're either like Team Siri or Google Home or Alexa or whatever. So it kind of is need-based. And I think I, I love the idea of it being more universal, but I'm not sure why Siri would recommend somebody else or something else outside of like the Apple world. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because that's part of the gimmick, right? It's like you're already applying a filter. Like Google Home's giving me Google, 
right? So like if you're you know advertising everything everything in that nature is based on the top part or the first page of that search essentially, which we're always sort of messing around with Google <laughs> Home, which is fun because you you I can't even believe that this is a thing. Like yeah. it's so like outside of you know, like my childhood where you had to use an encyclopedia. Yeah. <laughs> now I can just speak online, and ask you questions. Right? But I think like they have to figure it out, right? So they have to either, all of them have to get better in their space or like some people I know have once and they kind of semi-communicate with each other, although not, you know, in the way that, mm-hmm. you know, would be super creepy, like the robots are taking over, but... I think they have to definitely get better. If if not, they're not they're, they won't be able yeah. to grow because they like their limitation is the limitation is the software, it's the learning, right? Right. Well, like, and I think we talked about it. We talked about it in in an episode. You know, we're still uh, not like black mirror yet. You know, no, <laughs> no, we're <laughs> totally still not. Safe. Yeah. <laughs> it's something like the 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 adoption rate is not there because mm-hmm. the devices, the accuracy has to be something well over like ninety two or ninety five percent. I think the stat was. In order for adaptation rate to for people to mm-hmm. kind of come as the masses, but they've come a long way since then, and throw a major holiday, shopping holiday yeah. in there, and deep discounts by you know all of the all of the players. Right, people are buying oh, yeah. now. You what's the likelihood? Google of Home for twenty dollars. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's insanity. You so know? Are, you, are you new to Google Home? Are there a user this of it? This year, yeah. How long ago? Twenty seventeen. I don't know, since like uh, October, maybe. Have you, um, has it changed the way in which you, let's say a standard Mm -hmm. Tuesday evening. Right. Does it change the way you do things around your house? I think it, I think I have to use it more as a tool because you Mm -hmm. have habits. You Mm -hmm. turn on the TV with your remote. You, you know, look up a recipe and go to your kitchen with your tablet. Like I haven't. I guess, like, exploited it enough yet. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't trusted it enough yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't given it enough to do, basically. Yeah. And part of that is, if you think about it, it's delegation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're delegating, a, like, a, I don't know, like, a task. And so if I think about, hey, Google, turn on Netflix and play, you know, Peaky Blinders or whatever, like, yeah, but then I have, like, I have to, tr- I'm training myself then, Mm-hmm. to use it as opposed to just turn it on. I mean, yeah. so you have to, I don't know, I have to be rewired <laughs> to use the Google machine. Yeah. Um, and I'm just not there yet, I don't think. And that I think that points to maybe, yeah, maybe a slower adoption rate, but I don't know if, I don't know, I'm very, I'm very, um, what's the word? Analog. Well, um, well, yeah, but I, I guess in in response to your prediction that it will fizzle, I'm very I'm skeptical of that, but I'm very curious to see mm-hmm. if you if you're correct on that because um, I did some quick research before be- this because my topic is also on voice search and um, let's see I think it was like Siri was introduced in 2011 I think and then um, Echo Amazon's Alexa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Echo was released in like 2015, which I was kind of surprised by that because really I feel like I feel like these assistants have just like taken off in the last year. You're correct. Yeah, especially with like you said, just like the crazy sales mm-hmm. that have um, been run on those. So um, I don't know. I, I find it interesting. I think it's consumer. You know, it's all consumer behavior. It's mm-hmm. it's straight up consumer behavior and what what an individual is willing to like interact with and we're. It did. It started with Siri, which 
footnote, like Apple bought that technology. Yeah. Apple didn't create right. that mm-hmm. technology. So it started with Siri and horrible user experience. <laughs> Still to this day, mm-hmm. I think Siri has a horrible user experience. Um, migrating into what is now, you know, Google Home and, and Alexa. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably more with, with you, Ashley, on the sense that I'm, I'm not going to say that I don't believe fully, I guess, in, in what Pat's saying. I think, I think you're right. It's going to plateau out a little bit, but I'm anxious. I'm more anxious to see what channels it goes down. Yeah. I mean, what's it used for? By no means am I saying <laughs> ignore it and not, mm-hmm. if there's an opportunity for us as SEOs to uh, help advance it. Yeah. But de- definitely let's do that. However, I think that, um, maybe this is the curmudgeon in me. <laughs> a lot of us are victims of good marketing. Sure. You know, we've, we've been, we've been sold a batch of goods on these products and that's why people at holidays are like, they're on sale, you know, you can get them for nothing. So they're in your house. So they're getting the, the item in your house so then they can later learn how to use it. Think about this to kind of end and to, to end that one. Um, the biggest advancement that's happened in the past year with all of these voice search and home devices is uh, the connectivity. So the, the connected, the theme of connected devices right. is now that, that you know, um, folks that like iRobot, so that make the Roomba and things like that, mm-hmm. have a team that's dedicated and they work directly with the Amazon Alexa team or even some of our clients that yeah. work in the connected devices space. Um, they work directly with the Alexa team or the Google Home team right. and things like that because they're getting requests from their clients or the products they're working on to be able to connect and interact. That doesn't mean that commerce is being, um, I guess that commerce is a mainstay theme there. It's more of using the device to interact with other things in your life. Per Adrian's mention, hey Google, change the channel or turn this on, do this, that automation theme. Right. But it just so happens that it comes along with it that we have Amazon powers it. So hey, while I'm at it, I need some laundry detergent. <laughs> you know, that's like right. uh, the, the Gillette razor of the day. Yeah. Right? I think it's fascinating to see where it goes. Yeah, I, I agree. I just don't think we're going to see the big ramps that we've seen come to any kind of massive uh, society changing way in which we operate the way the advent of the smartphone. So Alexa's not going to bring water to third world countries? No. Okay. No, definitely not. All right. Well, I look forward to following that one. I think um, <laughs> to, this is a nice segue because we're talking about accessibility does it increase like adoption or use Mm. and I think that something that really missed the mark in 2017 was um, virtual reality or augmented reality totally Um, you can't like get an email update or read a tweet that doesn't have it someplace embedded um, that this is going to change how we do life right same with like all the smartphone technology and the devices and whatnot like that it's cool. It's a cool tool, but to produce content for it costs. I mean, way more than At any scale. budget. <laughs> that you know, if you're like a Nike or, you know, like a like an Amazon, you're going to be able to do that kind of stuff. But if you're, you know, let's say most of the clients we serve, like they're not going to dump, you know, a cool million into like creating no. content for that in 2018. And um, I think in 2017, it again just like the home devices, they're more a novelty Mm. than an adopted norm. So um, I think that while it's got the cool factor, like you said, you know, it goes on sale, it's priced right for the home stuff, so you buy it. I don't think we've 
like that that augmented reality has hit that yet. And it's totally unable to grow then if you don't have accessibility. I mean, remember when like Google Glass and they try, you know, like just even like watching people use it, it looks dumb, it's clunky. You're not going to walk around with an AR headset on for like, you're just not going to do those things because it's not, not only is it not socially acceptable, it's not, you know, it's not reasonable. I think too, it's, it's a classic case of, so the home devices or, um, or, um, virtual reality type devices too, both of those are, it's a classic case of let's produce it, throw it out there into the marketplace and then see which industry picks up on it because, Mm. because, uh, virtual reality AR totally, I think has a good fit within architecture and design and things like that. that, that, You know, are you going to sell me on spec on paper for this real estate Mm -hmm. investment? Or are you going to let me walk through it and experience it? Totally 100%, you know, Mm-hmm. Here's my wallet. Take my money. Yeah. Versus other industries, I, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. So I, yeah, I think, I think and that's, that's something really that I feel continuously gets <clears throat> talked about. Just like all of the smart things, you mm-hmm. know, smart home, smart this, smart that. And this, I just don't know if it's adaptable. This fall, I was in a home that was uh, a new build, and it had uh, Google, uh, the Google Home, mm-hmm. and it had light, mm-hmm. lights that were connected. They were mm-hmm. rewired, and they had sensors in them. So. They told Google to dim the lights by 25%, mm-hmm. and it did. Mm-hmm. However, it was a new house and had to be completely rewired, and then <laughs> it still only worked half the time. And, like, they couldn't, like, the the um, husband and a wife of the house didn't quite remember what was, like, the command. Was it, like, right. hey, Google, dim the lights, or, or, is it, or do I say turn the lights down? And then the kids would come in and try and say something else, and mm-hmm. it, would, it just, it, it, and that's a house that had been updated, you know? So, but so two two big things, common common themes here in 2017, and even looking forward, whether it, whether it hit the mark or not, and moving forward to 2018, is that we're we're so on the search side of things, Google's thrusted us into this machine learning driver behind its algorithms, uh, and and then on other sides of technology front that we interact with AI, artificial intelligence, but more so on the machine learning side. So, what does that you know? Were there any I guess blunders that you guys saw in 2017, or things that are going to continue to to increase. So I things things that I keep tabs on, you know, um, the mobile first index is the big thing, mm-hmm. right? That that everybody's still trying to kind of figure out when when is that going to officially hit. Um, you know, snippets getting longer. That's like a most mm-hmm. recent change. So we start to see some of the landscape in Google search change too. I made some notes out. Um, SERPs have become unrecognizable. I think there's a correlation between um, descriptions doubling along with tweet length doubling. I think us as as a society is learning to read a little bit more in list format. You know, I, I think the goal is going to be to... Um, I've, we've known this for years about Google. They don't want us to leave. Right. They want us to stay on Google. So they're making a SERP give us all the answers we need. So we might ultimately not have to click on anything or touch or tap or whatever it's it, it's we as consumers are able to consume a little bit more that's why mm-hmm. we're now seeing 300 word descriptions or 300 <laughs> character descriptions versus 155 descriptions true that's interesting too because when you think about how our attention span is shorter like i keep you know you keep reading things about as far as for written content you know keep it short you know but yet on the 
uh, search engine result pages that they're getting longer. So mm -hmm. I think that's really interesting. How, like, how does that? Well, this, as the snippet changes too, so the biggest the biggest shakeup there is going to be featured snippet, yeah. as opposed to snippet. So mm -hmm. featured snippet, the one that's being highlighted at the top, that's going to be the driver for Google Home or you know these these types of voice to search mm -hmm. operations. If the snippets are able to get longer, does that mean that that space becomes even more volatile and then the the Google Home devices and things like that can start to read down hmm. the list even right. more because it gives much more of a description, meaning Google can then decipher and, and then and then take take into action. Well, right. and the cert, and then the, the timing for vi for video is changing too. So not only um, as a marketer do you have to um, look at now 240 tweets and all of these other things we just talked about, but also the recommendations for um, video content are changing. So you should also have in your bag, besides the three, five, 10, 15 second video, the recommendations now are changing to also, if you have done your job right and you're leading with authenticity and I've established a brand that people follow, then you should also offer longer form content from 10, 15 to 30 minutes. And even Facebook is trying to become a TV station, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So now we have Facebook Watch. And all these things are leading to longer content, which actually has already been established on YouTube for since <laughs> for, YouTube. Yeah, years. Um, and so it's interesting to see that people... It's like anything else, right? You know, you try something, it becomes the norm, and then people, like, don't want the norm anymore. They want something special. And mm -hmm. so, like, the specially curated or created content um, is something that people are really making the push for, a la a television show, right? And the migration is that. Like, there are things that I know that I subscribe to on YouTube. I watch mm -hmm. a lot of content on YouTube, and some of those have gone from... Um, long format on YouTube to yeah. their own standalone that they're monetizing on, meaning their own standalone right. channel platform that they're monetizing. So now we're of. not looking at you know <clears throat> uh, as many contacts. We're looking at depth of contacts. Mm -hmm. So um, it'll be interesting to see if that impacts how ads run, like start to become. Um, like, do we get, are we going to get more for ads? Are we going to get less for ads? Are we going to get, you know, what are we going to get? I, I think, I think what we're going to get is we're going to get better. We're going to get better audience targeting. Mm -hmm. So in 2017, we so. got better audience targeting. Yeah. So both Google and Bing, I'm looking at even my notes now too, because that plays really well into that is that Google, certainly the mainstay Bing, this underling, uh, offered up advertisers kind of new means of targeting mm -hmm. audiences and a lot of that has to do with the way that we're interacting with content short content forms mm -hmm. long content forms video um, how we're talking to our devices things of that nature so Microsoft's going to integrate their LinkedIn graph kind of as we speak so they launched video this yep, last year they launched video yep and then Google is also offering up targeting based on life events mm -hmm. think Facebook right I moved had a baby that mm -hmm. type of thing um and then the improvements to customer match types, mm. you know, so all of a sudden we're able to target people based on physical mailing addresses and phone numbers and other data points. So analog data now being better used by, you know, your digital marketing strategies to, to test too. And, and all that comes from this interconnected, I think the interconnected world we, we've got. So mm. yeah, interesting. 
I think um, 2017 was the year that we realized that social media is not fun. <laughs> ah, good point. Yeah. Yes. I mean, how many of these air quotes social media experts are now probably like, I don't want to deal with the, the negative crap that comes yeah. from Facebook comments. So um, right? I think that people have realized that it's ugly, it's mm-hmm. polarizing, it's politicky, it might be run by Russians, who knows? <laughs> it's totally um, run by Russians. Right? It's, but it's also good. And I was looking over um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram all released like a 2017 year in review of their top, top, you know, top moments and things of that nature. But the biggest moments in, um, in, on Facebook was number one, International Women's Day, the Vegas shooting, mm. the Super Bowl, and then um, Hurricane Harvey. Mm. So um, not only did people get together to sort of be happy and celebrate, but they also combined efforts to do good, right? Mm-hmm. Social good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in supporting people in crisis and whatnot, I think particularly in our political environment, um, I think that we're starting to see polarization of people. Um, and so maybe your friend you thought was this person is really this other person and having kind of that come to Jesus moment where you're like, you know, you always knew people were not exactly who they say they are on mm-hmm. social, but now there's like proof of that, <laughs> not just your um, would, conspiracy theory. So would you say uh, by show of hands on people that are listening to a podcast, <laughs> uh, would you, would you guys say that from a social interaction um would you say that you are more active socially now than, than say, at this time last year? So the beginning of 2017 to the end of 2017. Are you, are you posting more frequently on Facebook now? Or are you, like, posting versus interacting and commenting? Like, where do you, like, how do you feel about that? I'm less. You're less? Okay. I hardly ever post on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And yet I'm on there every single day. Mm-hmm. Right, I, and right. I ask myself why, because I'm scrolling through mm-hmm. stuff. That isn't does nothing for me, and I'm not participating in much at all. Yeah, I'd say I'm the same. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, the different mediums mean different things to me, and Mm -hmm. so Facebook, I think, is the same. And um, that's a good point. I I, use Instagram differently than I do Facebook. Right, right, right. So I think that I've been. you know, I think Instagram has made a lot of strides in 17, and they're trying to even now introduce a re, like a regram mm-hmm. feature mm. in 2018, which will be super cool. But better than using I, a different app, yeah. right? Because you've always had to use a third party. But I think that um, I find myself spending more time than I used to probably on Instagram than Facebook, even though they're owned by the same damn company. But I mean, I'll always stay. I mean, I'm always going to be on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like, I like getting my news there. I like um, pitching clients there. I like talking to people there. I like doing the chats. Like, I think the immediacy of that is something I really love. Um, Instagram changed a little bit how they do their timeline. And that, like, you probably yeah. have noticed that yep. you'll get something that was, like, three days ago. And you're like, what? Uh, I don't Horrible. get it. Yeah. Um, so I don't love that. And I hope they fix that because I think that... It's tough. I follow Changes. a lot of makers, people who make things, yeah. who, post, who post process pictures. And oh, sure. That's and It'll be out of yeah. sync. It'll that's be a, Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> and it'll be a, and here's the finished product. Right. You're like, finished product of what? Oh, I'll scroll right. a little further and it's like, so today I decided to do a thing, you know, so. Yeah, you I think have. it's, that forces you then to go into their <clears> profile, you know, which I mean, I don't spend a lot of time on people's profiles, which has the chronological order, you know, mm-hmm. but I 
try to get more things in my feed, but this forces you to make more clicks, basically, for something mm-hmm. particularly like that. Right. So I'm with you. I'm, I'm a big fan of, of Twitter and using that more. I think I've always used it more as a back channel, right, mm-hmm. um, to, to read and, and kind of monitor and follow. Um, and for me, like 2018, I, I, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a resolutions person, but it's certainly to use that channel more mm-hmm. uh, actively, proactively, versus then just random midnight or one of an event. Um, I think it's I think it's a really great channel, especially if you can filter out some of the the political news and things like that. Especially for our industry, search and the the tech space, there's still a lot of really really great conversations that are being had there. So I think from a social perspective, they've Twitter certainly went through its its ups and downs this the, you know last year. Mm-hmm. But I think I think moving forward, hopefully they've carved out uh, still a good niche and we continue to see that grow. Yeah, I think brands need to evaluate whether or not they even need to be on Twitter because Great it's point. a very specific, Great point. <clears throat> specific like, context. And, um, you know, Twitter ads are not cheap and mm-hmm. um, they're not as... I, I don't want to say they're not as successful necessarily, but they're not doing the same thing that Facebook ads are doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, people don't understand like how it gets through, right? And so... It might be that you see less traction in, um, in ads there or fewer conversions or whatever, but maybe they're the right conversions. Mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of have to go back to strategy versus tactics and, you know, how that, what that means to us in terms of our goals or obje- our objectives. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, you know, it hasn't gone away. It's, people have been saying it's going to go away for years now. Sort of like, you know, no one's on Facebook anymore. Well, yeah, they are. <laughs> it's just that, like, 10-year-olds aren't, which is good because they shouldn't be. Right. Um, And that's not who you want to reach anyway, I mean, from an advertising perspective. And there's also a lot of spam on Twitter that we know about. You know, I think something like 30% is is, of accounts are spam. So, um, you know, from from a paid search perspective, too, um, I was doing a bunch of research leading up to this and and just in my own general uh, knowledge base was... Things that I think really stood out that, that we need to continue to be aware of, you know, big shakeups in the land of, of AdWords and, and the AdWords machine was their rollout of the two times daily ad spend in October. Um, I think at the time when that rolled out, everybody's like, ah, let's see what happens. I mean, there was certainly an uproar and people pissed off and we were kind of we were kind of nervous about what that was going to mean. Um, so that change was the replacement of the legacy approach that when you run an AdWords campaign, Google could spend they could overspend or underspend by 20%. Now they can overspend by two times the budget, right? Um, the concept is they are going to take into account the good days over the bad days and throttle up over the good days, meaning if, if more searches are happening, you're getting more action, let's spend more of your money during that time. Part of me says that makes sense. Uh, we have certainly seen, having run some of our short-term uh, campaigns where we've run them, We've had some where they've had to be on and they're like a a week or a two-week blip and they're high spend, a lot of traffic inside of, say, let's just say a 10-day window. You definitely can see before that that rollout and after that rollout the impact that that's had. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's a lot more difficult to to get those campaigns to spend evenly now over time right? Uh, in the short term. Those that are longer term that we're running more month to month and things like that or, or an annual basis, um, it's a little bit easier to even even that out. Yeah. Um, Q4 too, it's always tough too with different traffic pushes with the holidays mm-hmm. and 
and things like that. Things are all over the place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, more on the machine learning side, Google, Google flipped uh, over to this um, smart display campaigns. So it's completely run by um, machines. I mean, when I, so when I say like, I'm not being loose about like they let the machine go crazy on it. No, literally all you do is you, you input a couple parameters, the main one being what's my target cost per acquisition and let it go nuts. And, uh, and Google's creating um, everything from the creative, the targeting metrics, everything like that. So the only thing you're putting in is saying, I, w- I want my CPA to be this, let it go. Mm. Uh, they beta tested it with like Hulu and Credit Karma. Um, and ironically, both of them had 37% increase in, in conversions. <laughs> um, but it'll be interesting to see once that machine becomes smarter, if that, uh, where that, where that goes. Does, it, does that put a dent on media planners and media buyers? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. So certainly got some better audience targeting and some better spend <laughs> or different spends that we need to be aware of in, in paid search. Not a lot of news on a Bing though from what we've tracked. So yeah. Anybody else sharing? I think there's some interesting stuff happening uh, with visual search. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like Pinterest and yeah. changes there. Yeah. Um, I think that Google wants to do more of what Pinterest is doing mm-hmm. with their search. Uh, I also think that there's a disconnect right now. Um, people on Pinterest are searching for concepts and ideas <clears throat> and other images of the same thing, whereas I think uh, a Google user might be searching to find a source, mm. like where something came from, rather than like how to. Um, but think about but think about this too. Like, what if what if you could talk to your Google Home device, and it's like, hey, so. I'm watching TV or I'm streaming something and you say, okay, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to trigger my phone, but <laughs> you know, you ask it to show me other options, show me other things like that, that I'm seeing in the ad or show me other things like that, that I'm seeing in streaming. Hmm. So tying that home device in, I'm streaming this, my home device is controlling that. And then I do a voice activated search for images based on something that I see because I want more of that. From your device that doesn't have any kind of display, how will it cast it to a device? Right, right, correct. Yeah, okay. yeah, cast to a device. It's, it's, that's, the, that's the biggest growth, I think, in the home area that I'll, I'll challenge you to keep an eye on like this year is mm-hmm. like it's, it's being able to connect and cast to a visual device. That's going to be the biggest thing, I think. Hmm. Right. There, there's my prediction for you on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would um, also like to include that we should start paying attention to um, some other generations here. Hmm. Um, I know millennials have kind of stolen the show for rule the world a long time now. Um, but I think that you know we need to pay attention now to Gen Z, which are those people that are born after 1995. Everybody mm. stop and cringe for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But they're the first time true digital natives, like from birth to, you know. How do we, how do we skip the alphabet, focus on the, the phrase millennials, then get back to the alphabet? I don't know. This okay. is the, I do not make up these rules. Okay. I just play by them. Our generation now has a term. Zenial? Zenial. We've yeah. been zenials for a while. 80, 80 to 84 is a zenial, mm-hmm. I think. Is that what they said? Um, and so the primary priority, according to science slash marketing studies, <laughs> is um, that giving back. Um, or social objectives are among their top buying um, motivations. Mm. And so if you go back to, I mean, there's a lot of 
um, social thinking models that we've seen over the course of the years mm-hmm. from Tom's to like uh, Lush just introduced their annual report of giving where they um, show every single product that they link to a specific gifting source. Oh, interesting. So like that might be, you know, um, some village someplace that sources this bean mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. for this product. Or it could just be that it's something linked to, um, you know, their, um, I want to say like their employee base. Like mm-hmm. they have like a vote for things. And so it's really ca- like, ca- you know, we used to call this in the olden days cause-related marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there have been, you know, lots of models that have made um, made this leap by charging more to deliver to make you feel good, right? Mm-hmm. So you buy a pair, give a pair kind of thing, yep. like those Bomba socks that you cannot oh, yeah. avoid on Facebook. <laughs> but yep. They adopted the Tom's model. and yep. Skechers you know. even did it too. I saw a Skechers yeah. ad the other day for their Bob's, is it? Oh, and, yeah. And they're blatant yeah. right in their yeah. ad. Same. We're gonna. We're just gonna give three million dollars yep. to. Uh, it's a pet. They're 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 yep. going the mm-hmm. pet focus route. So. Yeah, and I think that the caution for this is to mm-hmm. make it make sense mm-hmm. and not just say, well, people like it when we give money, so we'll just dump a pile on blah 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 charity. Mm. But rather make sure that it fits within your model for like of sustainability mm-hmm. or sourcing or the employee's favorite local whatever you know, and so like having. A disingenuous, you know, disingenuous brand is going to cause you more problems, yeah. even if you are socially conscious, hmm. than it would be if you fold it into your sustaining mission statement, vision statement. Do you think we'll see a growth in like more um, B Corps or even like one percent for the planet type focus companies? Or Maybe. I mean, first that has to gain traction on what that even does. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, I mean, I can tell you as a like a as a business owner and. Um, from that level, I mean, investigating the B Corp, I can tell you it's oh, yeah. to go through that process, but from the, even the 1% for the planet, cause that makes real, that's easy, easier. But even then I go, okay, but, but who controls where that say, money, I don't where even does know it, specific where enough. does it go? Yeah, right? exactly. So, like, um, with some of the successful existing models, it's, you know, a very specific or niche cause mm. so that they feel like connected mm-hmm. so that the purchaser feels connected to that space and place mm-hmm. in time um, and not just because the planet, which is a totally great <laughs> idea. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Um, but I think that it's harder to, you know, grab onto that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's too vague. Um, and, you know, since we're on the topic of how people influence people, I mean, 2017 was the year of the influencer. And so user generated content and, um, connecting cause or person with brand mm-hmm. um, in, a, in an authentic way. I keep saying authentic, transparent. I know it's boring, but people know now like that you know you ha- you're supposed to disclose. Um, you can tag now on Instagram and get mm-hmm. um, a, a you know partnership you know um, um, tag basically or mm-hmm. a label on mm-hmm. the on the photo so that it's public information now not just hashtag ad like whenever they feel like it on the bottom of some really long status yeah (laughs) um so there are ways to go about this now but you have to those are relationships and i love that we are getting back to a real relationship Mm -hmm. and not just i dropped a pile of money on you relationship and you owe me that's true so now it's a more um a more genuine feel to that and and that's you know if you're not doing that or if you're you know seeking influencers that are just popular, you're going to have to 
rephase, you're going to have to rethink that because it needs to be popular and relevant. Well, and I think that influences, haha, mm-hmm. um, I think that plays into how you were thinking about all of your digital channels too. So from social and, and comms to your website, you know, so we talk about on the search side of things, performance, positive user experience, content, content all, together. all of those things need to kind of, that's that, that's a living, breathing thing yeah. and you have to constantly work it and cultivate it and make sure that it's updated and, and, and is well representative of your brand and what the messaging is yeah. and things like that, especially more important, the Gen Z, as you put it, I think it's even still a little bit, because that's 20-somethings, if yeah, my math is correct, you know? You know, just getting into purchasing with correct. your own money or yep. a job. Or... Yep, that, that looking at what their search patterns are and what their online interactions are. It's a lot easier to go and look at what their interactions are through social. It's We'd be curious to see what their interactions are through search. You hmm. Go from there. Cool. Uh, I think what this all boils down to, honestly, is strategy before tactics. Uh, no, 100% <laughs> agree. Like always, I, I think it's very easy and we've said it in the search space alone. Don't, just because someone makes a change, mm-hmm. someone meaning Google, Bing, it doesn't matter who it is. Don't chase it. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. that you have to pull that lever instantly mm-hmm. and, and deploy the parachute and be like, oh my God, let's freak out. No, 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 no. Just, just hold on because it might not affect you mm-hmm. and your customer base as it does someone else. Right. And so don't, like, alienate everyone else totally. that's paying you money to just be able to be, like, focus. Oh, yeah, we, need to focus. we sell cloud computing and we need to go after Gen Z. Wait right. a minute. No, you don't. You know. So I think that's a really great point. So always focus on what your strategies are. Cool. Anybody else? You guys good? You good with your predictions of 2018? Pat's the only one that had, like, this major come out of the... You know, come out of the gate with this big, big prediction. <laughs> too, so. I'm you anxious. guys all gave me stink eyes. I'm, 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 anxious, I'm anxious to see where it goes. But um, no, really, really good stuff, guys. So um, until next time, good luck and happy 2018. Here we go. This has been the Redirect Podcast. Check out the show notes at blacktruckmedia.com and add us on iTunes and Stitcher.